0: Thank you for joining me on the Surviving Depression podcast. I am your host, Carl Binger. And what I have for you today are six recorded segments that are part of a larger segment of a workshop I conducted at New City Fellowship Beachwood in Rochester, New York. Uh, Pastor Chris and Associate Pastor Alex Uh, welcome me and this topic with open arms and I truly hope God will bless you um, as I cover the following uh, in these six segments Uh, so for the first segment it's an intro and awful advice the second segment is goals and coping skills third God heals us differently and Jesus in his care the fourth session carrying each other's burdens and being vulnerable and diet fifth session diet spiritual life and feelings are not facts and the sixth segment or session is god moves in many ways jesus counseled and treatment options
1: and um, I'll be honest man food is a huge addiction for me it was my first love and I'm an emotional eater always has been and um, so when I get depressed which I have been struggling with all I want to eat is the processed junk
0: that
1: I know isn't good for me Right. I don't. I can have a salad sitting in front of me and it just looks disgusting to me. I don't. You know, it's really not
0: that good. Salad. Salads aren't <laughs> that good. A lot of times. You gotta like add a lot <laughs> of stuff to salads, right? Yeah. They're not that good, right? I just want to eat and eat and eat the to give you a
1: process. And listen.
0: There is, there are studies. And as we just know from human experience, yeah. there are things in food that are pleasing, temporarily. Mm-hmm. McDonald's, listen, That's the whole point. listen. It
1: doesn't last.
0: McDonald's, let's just take McDonald's. McDonald's is a multi-billion dollar company. They have research, they have scientists, they have psychiatrists on payroll. I'm sure, I could I yeah, bet everything. Right how what can we put in this to make people want it uh-huh. what can we add to it right oh I thought you were no, I, I
2: had a question or I didn't
0: want to oh yeah yeah no I'm just it's yeah. just that yeah there, there's there's things in this food that draws us to it and it makes us our body respond and hey hey I got satisfaction out of eating that quarter pound with cheese. It's good. It tastes good. It does. When something tastes good, there's something in my brain that correlates with that good taste. And I want that again. I want that feeling. If I'm depressed and I'm trying to feel something, I just want to feel something. I want to feel like I'm alive, right? People who've been depressed, they they know that feeling. I just want to feel something. Even, mm-hmm. if it's, even if it's something I shouldn't be doing, exactly. I just want to feel something. I want to feel high. I wanna feel love. I wanna feel I just wanna slap somebody, you know? Yeah. I wanna feel something. So what do I do? I gotta do something, right? Like alcohol intended, so that
2: yeah no, I was just um you know, given that you're a a, a, a counselor and not a specific nutritionist, do you have advice for what are you know, first steps if this is, if getting your diet and whatever on track is not something you're used to. And I guess also in the context of eating healthier is expensive, both in time and in money. And like, I'm thinking of, you know, when you're doing an elimination diet, or even just trying to cut out sugars and preservatives and added fats and stuff like that, it's easiest to do that if you're doing it yourself at home from raw ingredients rather than pre-packaged store-bought stuff yeah. that has all that stuff added in. Right. But that gets, you know, more expensive. Yes. And that, like, I was looking a while ago at like USDA, NIH plans, yeah. and they have like example weekly diets that give you complete nutrition, you know, as recommended without too many counts. And they even broke it down into like income quintiles, like here's how you can eat. And when you get to the bottom quintile, it's like they could not put together something that looks like a normal human diet right. and gives you all the nutrition. Yeah. yeah. And you add to yeah. that, yeah, you know, if 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 you're not wealthy, yeah, and you're working a job or two, yeah. now I need to take three hours a day to prepare the food. Yeah. And if I'm depressed, getting that gumption like <laughs> yeah. are, are there introductory baby steps to like yeah what's something greater than zero at least let's take where we yes. are right now and make a small improvement is there like a place that you would recommend as a start
0: so that is a fantastic yes. point and i you know what i was actually thinking this yesterday when uh i was at lunch because we went me and the guy we went to uh the mercantile uh the new place at the Sibley's building and their food is really pricey but they but it's it's healthy too like you yeah. say, it's expensive, but it's like, it's like steak on salad with strawberries and like this is best salad you'll eat because it has stuff on it.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: but what I, what I tell people, and, and we got to remember this too. We got to remember where God is and all this. So let's just think if you're on the lowest end, my family grew up really, really poor and I'm thinking, okay, God, how, how is was God with us during that time? And I think it's through small things it may not be a life-changing thing but it's through small things like fruit just fruit like everybody can get their hands on fruit right fruit and vegetables there's the free fruit trucks right the the or the low what's the truck that parks over the food link right yeah yes so someone in a neighborhood like this much similar to something i grew up in is okay get fruit Get fruits and vegetables, eat a fruit. I tell people, eat a fruit with every meal. Eat an apple or orange, eat your favorite fruit that you can get your hands on, but just eat a fruit with every meal. Let's say all you can afford is McDonald's. It's better that you have an orange with your double cheeseburger than no orange at all, right? Right. It's It's not gonna cure you, but at least you're doing something, right? So try to start, and and instead of drinking a large sweet tea, get water. Whenever I go to McDonald's, I order water. I say, "Look, I, I'm paying. I'm paying for water. What? It's like, no, I'm paying for my. I want water. Don't give me a coke. Don't give me an orange juice. Don't give me a sweet tea. I just want water because this is already bad. I might <laughs> as well drink water with it, right? <clears throat> Wash all this bad stuff down. I just
1: want to plug in real quick for Aldi and.
0: The public market. Yeah, that's right. Yep. My wife swears by all.
1: i organic produce and organic foods now. So, um, and the public market. Yep. You can, at the public market, if you have food stamps, they actually give you extra tokens yep. to use on food.
0: This is a beautiful example of how, obviously people can take advantage of any system, whether you're right. poor or wealthy people take advantages of tax breaks, right? Mm-hmm. But this is an example of how God wants us to care for each other, right? So kind of going back to what if you're poor, and again, just based off of my family's childhood and, and then just based off of what Karen says, there, there are things in place, hopefully, where you can say, all right, at least I can get my hands on some some fruit, some vegetables. And it may not be a um a Pinterest looking
1: <laughs>
0: diet plan, but it'll be it'll be something, it's right? It's a start, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I just wanna point out one more thing because one of the other things that you mentioned is with the that with is that the money aspect that's hard there's also the time aspect. Yes. And you have to invest all this time into, even if you go into Aldi or, or find this, these vegetables, whatever, and you gotta do something with it. And that can feel just overwhelming day yeah. after day. Mm-hmm. And one small thing, it, it does require intentionality, but meal prepping is huge. If you make, you invest that time for, on one day, like on Saturday, and you make, you know, Three or four meals, or you know, different dishes that can last a couple different meals each. You throw them in the freezer or the fridge, and then you do have to put in the investment, but you do it once and it lasts for days. Yeah. And then you can just eat off of that, and you don't have to keep feeling like, oh, I got to cook again, again, again. And so it does require planning and stuff to be intentional, but it eases that burden for the rest of the week. Yeah. When you're just like, man, I just got done from work, I'm tired, I don't want to do nothing. Yes but now you already have a
0: healthy meal and you got something absolutely and 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 just the, the fruit aspect the fruit if you have a fruit that is the most convenient thing right you don't have to prepare anything just have your apple eat an apple with every meal at the very least eat an orange with every meal at the very least eat some chopped cantaloupe or watermelon with every meal and listen at the very least you could say I had my fruit I had my fruit right uh, yes.
1: So, um, just a, a slight uh, different perspective on, on this. So, I, I actually, like, I'm an emotional eater. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I see the number on the scale go up on the other, or something like this. So, I do Weight Watchers, mm-hmm. and um, which is very, very effective for me, mm-hmm. personally. But um, I also do, with Weight Watchers, I. I do opposite action in a yeah. sense of, um,
0: you know what? I don't want to go of bed. I'm like, I need to be around people. I'm yes. going to Weight Watchers, not
1: because I want to like listen or like because I need it for myself. As far as any weight, I'm yeah. just to be around people and just go to Weight Watchers. And, yeah. and then yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm, it's almost like it's it's not the specific purpose of yeah. my going there, yeah. like the
2: same purpose everyone else
0: has in going there, yeah. I'm like just go to Weight
1: yeah. because then I'm around people yes. and I just never kind of yeah. to hear about yes. the foods I should eat. Yeah, exactly.
0: That goes back to the whole right. CBT, you know, cognitive behavioral sort of thing, like what behaviors what actions what thoughts can we do to change our the feelings like right we might feel the urge to have food or we may feel this have this depressive dark feeling what thoughts can we be thinking what actions can we be taken to help us feel or or to counter that right oh, i need to get amongst people and then in the middle of that i'll get encouragement around food or whatever
1: is that a thing? opposite action from that, that is yeah, yeah. It's a it's people, a dbt dialectical behavioral yeah. yeah. that's a whole nother yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and karen yeah. listen
0: karen karen knows a lot about that that's yeah. a whole that's a topic for a whole nother day i don't want to jump into okay. dbt yeah. but uh <laughs> what's that <laughs> it's it's a uh, think it's dialectical behavioral, behavioral therapy yeah, therapy. yeah. um like changing out
1: yeah, you're doing the opposite. It's intentional. Like if somebody wants years.
0: to stay in bed, you, you do the opposite of what's the opposite of what, right. what I yeah. should be doing. Okay. Yeah. Oh. so yeah. Um I wanna go, I wanna do this brief exercise before jumping into the the final uh oh actually, you know, I still got some things to talk about. Sorry. <laughs> Spiritual life in the packet some of the and, and what I mentioned earlier for the for the ladies that were not here uh journaling if you didn't hear that journaling please get yourself a journal buy yourself a journal just write down what you're thankful for every day just a couple of things that you're thankful for each day foster the attitude of Thanksgiving towards God because he encourages us or he commands us be thankful in all things attitude of thankfulness gratitude while also using your journal to write down your thought processes why are you God why are you doing this why is this why is this my season of life God God thank you for this you know talking to God dialogue with God that's what he wants from us all the time anyway right so using that journal as a a good uh, just a life tool really so spiritual Life part, when I ask some of these questions, like, what do you think God's thoughts are towards you? Like, the depression may be saying one thing, like, God hates you, right? God hates you, he doesn't love you, you're a reprobate, right? You're lost, you'll never be saved. Uh, You were never saved to begin with. You're gay, you're fat, you're ugly, all these different things, right? Are you relying on your feelings or the truth of scriptures? There's something that's, No matter how we feel, there's something objective about God that's never going to change and that he loves us. So you could feel as depressed as possible. You could feel like Christ in a sense that his soul is troubled until the point of dying. You could feel like you're about to die or like you want to take your own life. That doesn't change that God loves you no matter what, no matter how you feel, no matter what the circumstances are. As I mentioned before, God is still your father. Doesn't matter. And so at the at the depths of your despair, try to hold on to that. The God is still your father, and it can't change no matter what your thoughts say. The passage is it Romans 8 that talks about how nothing can separate us from the love of God. Guess what? Depression cannot separate us from the love of God, even though it feels as though that's the case. And I am absolutely positive it felt that way for Jesus. Jesus even said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm -hmm. Did God really forsake Jesus? He forsake him in a sense that he poured his wrath on him and there was a temporary separation, but God didn't ultimately abandon Jesus, right? So there's that sense of, man, I'm ultimately abandoned. God doesn't love me. And there's this objective truth out there that no matter what you feel, no matter what you go through, God is always going to be your father. Yes? This is
1: just perfect for today. When I got up this morning and read my verse for for the day, it was Psalm 34:18 18. it says the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and heals the crushed in spirit. Yeah. And that's just
0: Any that's if true. if you ever thank you for bringing that up because if you ever if you ever want to know when God is the closest to you it's that time. It's not when you're super happy. It's not when you're like running across uh, Walmart with all your your favorite items. I don't I'm, I'm just a bad example, whatever it is. But you know what I mean? Like at your highest, God is obviously with you. God loves you. God has given you joy. God. Joy is a good thing. Right. But if you want to know when God draws near to you the most, it's in your despair. It's oftentimes when you don't feel it. When you're like, yeah, God is not here. Where are you? That's when he's there. Listen, when Jesus said, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Everything around him said God is not here. His disciples were asleep. He was sweating drops of blood. But then again, we go back to that passage in Luke, which is another account of that same account but another you know account of that same account there was an angel strengthening him right so so we say god where are you you know he's there he is there he draws near us when we don't feel it uh and as as karen read he draws near to the broken heart crushed the spirit you know what's the one passage It's everywhere it's said several times in scripture but God draws near to the humble. He opposes the proud. Everyone who's proud and up here, but the people who are sad and brokenhearted, who did Jesus gravitate to when he was on earth? The people that were hurt, the people that were the outcast, the people that were like, God, I don't even deserve to look up at you. That's who he's there for. Um, so
1: why does it not feel like that at all then?
0: <laughs> that, so here's the thing God in his mercy Can either Reveal to you That he's there Or he can not Right and so With Jesus for example Jesus is the prime example Okay God if you're here Why does it not feel like you're not here Right and he Showed us in the example of the angel Appearing that listen I am here you you make in life. You're gonna suffer. You're gonna feel real pain. God God doesn't remove pain because it's inconvenient, uncomfortable, or painful for us. Like that's one thing God does not do. And you know, kind of going back to a previous point, pain has a reason. So uh, I I'm sorry. I forget your name again. What's your name again? Oh, Canada. Kendra. Kendra. Kendra said something uh, very profound earlier where she said she would not have taken away the experience that God took her through right why is that because if she hadn't gone through it you don't know what would have would have happened right and you're you're a better person today than you were then right and the same with us we we may not feel God's presence so what's the point of not feeling it I think it's a lot of things it's it's to, it's to keep the faith, it's to strengthen our faith, it's to treasure when God does come back. Uh, Lorraine and I were talking earlier about fishing and how my four year, one of my sons, my four-year-old, is mad that we haven't caught any bass this summer. And I, so what I said to him <laughs> and what we talked about is, hey, look, what would be the difference is if we caught a ton of fish this summer, versus not, excuse me, <clears throat> versus not catching any and then catching one at the end of the summer. What would be the feeling, right? So to put it like, to put it metaphorically in this situation, we, we'd we be suffering and we'd say, God, why, why, why isn't this situation like with Peter and the disciples where he just said, put the net on the side of the boat and, you know, and pull up fish? Why isn't it like that? Why can't we... And God is like, don't don't worry about it. I'm still here. I'm still here. And we're like, ah, this sucks. And then at the end of the summer, we catch this bass. What is the joy like? Right. And so bringing it back to Jesus for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So a lot of times in our suffering, we're not going to necessarily have joy as, as God draws near to us. But I think when he draws near to us, he's inviting us into his suffering. There's a passage that says that, let us go to the outside of the camp where Jesus is, right? Let us go and suffer with Jesus. Let us fill that darkness. Let us know the depths of what Jesus felt, you know? And so I think a lot of times when God draws near to us, he's drawing near to us when we suffer because he suffered the most And, and we can relate to God I think the most when we suffer, right? Mm-hmm. When we're happy and we're joyful, we tend to run from God, right? We, t- we tend to seek our hobbies, our other hobbies. We don't pray as much. Like, uh, but let God bring an affliction, and then you're on your knees praying. Oh, God, please. Sorry. Sorry for doing that. I, you think of every <laughs> sin you did from when you were, like, four, right? <laughs> The aff- what the- what did the psalmist say? And I'm sorry, I can't recall these scriptures, but the psalmist says it was good that he was afflicted so he could remember God's truths and values, right? Yeah, sorry, Carrie had her head for it. No, us.
1: that's okay. I just want to say, this is something that I learned in DBT, that feelings
0: are not facts. Right.
1: And, oh my gosh, that yeah. is just so true because I'm a very emotional, person. Yeah. I always I do everything based on how I feel yeah. about whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. But the only truth, the only facts mm-hmm. are what's in God's word. Yeah. You know? And so when I get like that, I have to go to the word. Yes. When I get all up in my feelings. I have to go to the work because that's where the truth comes from. Absolutely. When you do that, sorry, it's there's some like a certain place you go to to kind of like you know what I mean? Like just open the book and start Carl talked about the songs. The songs mm. are wonderful to read. Um Joel. I I I love the songs and Philippians yeah. mm. I I think is a great book to read when when i was really depressed,
0: yeah. it just brings me a lot of courage and a lot of, a lot of encouragement and strength. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. There's, um. before I get to you, again, taking it back to Jesus. Jesus said, my soul is troubled to the point of dying. That was a feeling. Yes. Was it mm-hmm. the ultimate truth? Was it? Was it that God, Jesus, was going to ultimately perish and, and redemption was off or not? Like, was that the truth of, like, the big picture? No. It's, it's not that Christ didn't know that or was deceived. He was really feeling absolute distress. But that his feelings wasn't telling the ultimate truth. The, it was telling the ultimate truth in that moment. He was going to suffer immensely for the people he came to redeem, but the joy that was set before him was the truth that could not be taken away. The the truth that the father eternally loves the son was not going to be taken away. But in that moment, the feeling was absolute despair. So in your depression, in in your dark places, you're going to feel, the feeling is going to feel like absolute divine truth. If I'm gonna suffer I'm gonna die I hate Christ Christ hates me all these things. It's not the truth it's not the truth it's what God thinks about you that's the truth and again going back to that past in Romans nothing can separate you from the love of God nothing not depression, not demons, not height nor depth any of that right so, and we can get into that more, but I just want to kind of move on so I don't keep you guys here past 12. It's gonna be hard, it is a task, I'm telling you. All right, so spiritual life part two. How often are you praying and reading scripture? Uh, can you think of any sin in your life? If so, what are they? What would turning away from it look like? A lot of times, when people are trying to encourage people dealing with depression, that's the first <laughs> thing they go to. I think that should be the last thing they go to. You know, you could always bring it up. God is not going to be like chastising you because you brought up sin last. But say, hey, look, like let's just talk about why you're feeling depressed. And then wait a couple of days, maybe, and then bring up sin. Well, hey, hey, is there something you're doing that you feel like God is not in agreement with? As opposed to the first thing you say to someone dealing with depression. Okay. Oh, you man, you must be out sinning. It's like, no, maybe you're just depressed, you know. I'm sorry, I forgot about you. Right.
1: Oh, I was going to say earlier when you were talking about not feeling God's presence, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to say this wrong, but maybe you're not feeling it the, the way you think you should feel it, but it's the way it, it's coming in different ways. Like you yes. said before, like through meditation, yes. to a friend calling in and inviting you to breakfast. Yes. You know god has his hands in all of that and yeah. when you're in that hole there's no way of seeing that yes
0: mm-hmm. exactly this is why it's so important to journal I, I will i will harp on it just like i harp on going to hawaii <laughs> you gotta journal because listen god is god is as i said before he is more invested in your life than you are he is infinitely invested in you as a person and so therefore if you're collecting evidence on what the creator is doing you'll start to see how he is engaging you on a very intimate level. Once you start to zero in say okay God do you really love me? I want to I want to I want to test this theory out. Do you really love me? Sure, keep a journal because once I started doing that God was like I am about to overwhelm you, because this is what will happen. I I I will challenge you to get a journal and say, God, what is it that I what is it that I should be thankful for? And your journal is going to fill up, and you're going to say, you know what? You're going to do what I did. You're going to say, you know what? I'm no longer going to write everything down. I'm just going to write five things down because there's too many things to be (laughs) thankful for, right? So, what what you'll see is kind of what you were saying, PJ is. God is engaging you in so many ways. He's engaging you through the people. He's engaging you through the people at work. I had a guy, my boss down in Delaware when I was going through depression and I broke down on a job crying in front of all these men, which I would never did any other time. It was like, forget it, I don't care. Like, I I feel like I'm gonna die. What do I care if I cry in front of men, right? I broke down crying. You know what my boss did? Non-believing God. God clearly moving in this guy. He says, Carl, here's a hundred bucks. I want you to drive straight to Rochester. Don't stop. When you get there, call me. I said, wow. That was so loving. Right? Because I was in Delaware. And oh, he was like, you know, I was driving back home. Sorry, I didn't give, nice. I didn't give enough context. Um, nice. So I was, you know, I was away from home. I was suffering. And uh, he was like, Carl, here's a hundred bucks go home. And and when I told him I had to leave the job because I I, I was breaking down mentally, he said, Carl, as much as we want you here, we love you, but we understand, was that not God? Was that not God moving in that non-Christian to love me more than some Christians were, right? God was moving in that man. And even though I didn't feel it, even though I didn't feel the joy that I would naturally feel like right now, oh, I would feel the joy. I didn't feel it. It was like a it was like a a, a spurge. It was like a, a just like a, a further pushing me into the like, God, do you really love me? I, I just can't feel it. It just it feels like persecution. It yeah. just feels nasty and dark. And I feel like I should be happy, but I can't be happy. But objectively, objectively, I saw God's love. Thank you for joining this portion of the walking with the person with depression workshop. I hope you will listen to and gain insight from the other segments as well.